You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Troublemaker Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generational leaders. And and today we got episode 41. I'm hyped because I got my headphones. Bizzack. Number two, I'm hyped because this episode is popping. Number three, I'm hyped because I'm coming back on social media this week. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And not just to come back to promote stuff because come back because I got, I got some new stuff I want to share. Some new updates, some new developments. And most importantly, I just want to connect and be and be, be out there with everybody, man. So I'm, I'm, it sounds good and it feels good to, to be back. Before I close, or not before I close, good God, before I begin, I want to say a couple things. One, if you haven't received the email, you will be receiving an email from me shortly. Uh, I just, I got some ideas, some stuff I want to run past you. I know it's been a long time since I sent the email, so I want to send an email to you and just connect bases and all that stuff. So see an email from me this week. Do not uh, junk it. <laughs> and if you are like, what email are you talking about? I've been listening to this podcast forever. I haven't received no email. Well, go to Greg at Greggy. No, go to GreggyHill.com. Uh, register for my emails, and I'll keep you updated on what we got shaking over there in my Noted Trailblazing Nation. We got some good stuff that I'm working on. I want some feedback before I launch some things, and I just want to connect. So definitely, definitely, definitely be on the lookout for the email. We got some great news coming. This episode is a little different. I'm interviewing a friend of mine that's in the dancing industry. She's been in there for close to now, oh, well over a decade. Professional dancer has her own nonprofit, and it's real calm, reserved, and cool. We're just having a discussion about life, um, about her journey as a single mother, her profession, and how she's growing a profession, and what she needs to take in order to get to the next steps in profession. And when you're listening to this podcast, I, I want you to focus on, one, acknowledging how far you have came. Like, before you even go any further, I want you to pause this wherever you're at, and I want you to think about, yo, how far you have came in life. Like, if you listen to this podcast, uh, th- th- there has to be some place where you're sitting back like, yo, I've came a long way. But also, two. I want you to think about on the flip side at the end of this podcast when it's done what and who it's going to take to get you the rest of the way because the same things that it took to get you here as we all know is not going to be the same things that took you there 
The reason why I say that, because I had to take freaking nine months off of life in general just to find out what it's going to take me to get to the next level. It took me so, 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 so long. And I'm still learning. I'm still developing. But now I think I got a, I think I got a hold on what it's going to take. But if we don't reflect on that, if we really don't think, think, think with all our brain, with all our heart, not only the good, but yo, what is it really going to take? Then we always going to end up confused or, or wishing for the weekends and, and, and hating on people and jealousy and all that stuff. All that stuff creeps in when we like we had that anxiety on. What's the next level going to look like? What does it look like? And not this next level as far as making money or influence. Nah, 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 nah. Next level for us as humans. As, as adult. So I want you to enjoy this interview. Get effing excited because I got some dope, dope interviews coming up um, after this. Uh, I'm going into uncharted waters with some interviews. And man, I... I I'm just blessed and excited, man. So continue to support the podcast. Continue to share with your friends. And, uh, yo, be on the lookout on social media for it. React, comment, do all that good stuff. The return is imminent. Let's get it popping. But without further ado, let's jump into this episode. And today, as always, I got a show for you. Hence the emphasis on variety. Like, I'm so excited because I think she's a one of one as far as people that have been on the podcast and the craft that she has honed over the last couple of decades and what she does. So I'm excited to kind of have her journey on as well as snippets of her personal journey as well. Like, I, I'm really encouraged by her, been encouraged by her, and I'm just excited on what she can share on the show. And I'm just going to jump right in the intro because y'all know usually my, bio, my, my intros can last. Seven to ten minutes, and by the time you're hearing this, it's probably gonna be seven to ten minutes. But today, this is going to be short to the point, and we're gonna get this bio and we're gonna get this thing started. So, she is a graduate of Virginia Commonwealth University, which is VCU for short, with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Dance and Choreography. A native of Durham, North Carolina, aka Bull City, she began her training at Walltown's Children Theater in 2001. During her high school years, she danced for Dome School of the Arts Dance Company, Walltown Children's Theater Dance Company, and College African American Dance Company. She's been seen in works by Daniel Gertzman, Scott Putman, Jerry Houlihan, Chris Burnside, and Moran's Contemporary Dance Company, and the reconstruction of the seminal work Shelter by Jawale, Will, Joe Zoller, I think I almost got it right, founder and artistic director of the Urban Bourbon Wish Women. Founder of Cali Moves, she loves teaching and choreography. Her greatest accomplishment is being a mom to her son, Maxwell, and she is the co-founder of Motivate with the eight. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Miss Kimberly Palmer to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Hey, Greg, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, hey we was trying to get the names right. <laughs> you good? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how like the creative side and and dancers their names are so just exotic and I oh, not probably not exotic. It's more so they just come from exotic places, and it's crazy that I say exotic places like I like like some of these are, are from Africa. I'm like, yo, I I got ancestry in Africa and now. Africa is exotic. It's crazy, but I see the here nor there. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What about yourself? Hey, I, I'm 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 blessed, and my 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 voice just sounds so mature on this thing. Usually, my voice is high or low. I'm feeling my voice today. I'm feeling your voice today. I know it's gonna be a great interview now. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so before we always begin, uh, 80, 90 episodes in, 
every episode for the most part outside like three or four stays the same so kim give a can you give us a core mantra that you love that you live by and then can you give us a real tried and true story about how you have applied that quote or seen that quote come up in your everyday life yes um one of my favorite quotes if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got and that's by henry ford well he's quoted as one of the ones who said (laughs) but many people have said it over time but I really love that quote. Um, I think I fell in love with that quote when I was probably in 10th or 11th grade. Um, That's around the time I decided to actually pursue dance for real. It was like, oh, I'm just taking it as an elective. So maybe I like it. Who knows? But my teacher, um, my teacher in 11th grade, she my dance teacher, she was awesome. Christy Camper Copeland, wonderful lady. Mm -hmm. And she always pushed me. And was just like, you can take this further. You can take this further. I'm like, but am I really going to make money, though, doing this? She's like, no. What do you want to do? I was like, I want to do psychology. And she would tell me all the time, okay, that's great. But you always do stuff like that. So you got to do something different. Try something different. Push yourself. And I did push myself. And I went to uh, Alvin Ailey audition. They did it at Howard. And I didn't get it. But I was just like, man. This is something different. This is something that I've never done before, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Ever since that moment, I always just remember, you know, I can't always do what I've always done because then I'll just keep getting the same results. So let me try something different. Let me do something different. So I always try and do something different with my craft to see where it'll take me. Mm, love that. Two questions from that. Uh, when is the last time you did something different? The last time I did something different. Yesterday, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am actually tonight is the second show night for me, but I auditioned for a piece, a community piece for um, the American Dance Festival here in Durham, North Carolina to perform alongside one of the greatest choreographers of our time, Ronald K. Brown and his company Evidence. And I got it. And so last night was our first our first show. And for the first time I entered the stage or went onto the stage with no expectations, without overthinking. I really just lived in the moment. And it's crazy because I performed on many stages and I've done plenty of dances, but I entered that stage a different person. So I stepped out a different me and that was new for me. So after all this time, like, what in your head or what caused you this 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 performance in particular to be so different? This is the first time I've actually stepped back into the modern dance realm since I want to say since about 2011. So um, I graduated in 2011. So I'll say since 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, my degree is mainly in dance and choreography. So we focus more so on modern and contemporary style dancing But when I left there, I danced for a little bit and then I kind of just, you know, did my own thing, worked on some African Afrofusion, did a lot of hip hop, performing on stage like alongside artists and stuff. But this was my first time actually going back into the modern dance world. And it felt different at first because I it's not that you lose the skill or you you just aren't in tune with it, but you do have to approach the movement differently. And it had been so long since I'd done that, that it it was almost like a whole new world. <laughs> mm. 
And there's a there's a there's a, a couple questions because I mean the way I I see the show lining up right now, we're gonna dig into the dance portion, we're gonna dig into life portion, and then we're gonna dig into the the current stage of motivate what inspired it, what we can expect from it, what do you see, and all that good stuff. So I, I see that realm, and the reason why I want to focus on the dance section in particular because everybody does everybody I, I I believe has a certain genius quality about them, and I like to spend bulk of my time. Where, where people are great at. And I think for most, some people to listen to the show that typically hear stories from just business people that might be in tech or lawyers or whatever. I think there's something to gain by how you break down this dance principle and how, how what we can learn from that. And there's a lot of questions I want to ask you on that side. Um, and the, one of the biggest questions uh, is, and people are probably wondering, what does a dance major do in college? Like, how does that, like, what what is it? What is it? Is it like 20, 40, 60 credits of straight dance, different type of dances. And can you break down um, a few of the different types of dance for people that are unaware? Of course. <laughs> okay. So, well, I'll tell you, of course, I can only tell you my story, but I started off um, as a double major, uh-huh. psychology and dance and choreography. Oof, that two last, distinct difference. Yeah. That lasted all of like two weeks. Okay. Two weeks? <laughs> so, um, my freshman year in a dance department, they automatically start you off with 18 credits. And so you have dance history you have to take. You have ballet and then you have ballet lab and then you have modern. And then you have a workshop class, which is where everyone in the dance department comes together on one day. And we all have us like a, just a master class. Um, but those are just the dance classes your freshman year. Then you also have to take your general ed classes. So I had to take, you know, they always have those little English classes for incoming freshmen and mm-hmm. stuff. So I had to take that. I had to take math. Um, I didn't have to take science because I opted out of taking my science courses because I just stuck with dance sciences. Um, later on, we took anatomy, then anatomy for dancers. Then we took dance science. Um, yeah, you have to learn like, Anyone who wants to do any kind of therapy with dance, we had like therapeutic classes. You took some massage classes, learn how to do time massages. Um, yeah, it's it's really a lot. Everyone was always just like, oh, so y'all just dance all day. I'm like, <laughs> easy as that sounds, like, just think about it like this. There's a certain group of people on our campus. You will always see them in dance clothes, flip flops probably looking like they're tired. And that's because our bodies are actually our artwork. Mm-hmm. So where your normal person is like, oh, I got a nine o'clock class. That's no big deal. You're going to go in your class. You're going to sit down, maybe listen to the professor, get the PowerPoint from your friend, have them sign your name and walk out. Mm-hmm. We can do that. You know if I'm in class or not. You know if I'm not there because I won't be on the in the middle of the dance floor dancing. Mm-hmm. My eight o'clock ballet class, I had to be at a ballet bar, alert, ready to work. So coffee was my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot. The VCU dance program was an amazing experience, but it was it was a lot of work. It was hard at first because you have to get the hang of it. But after sophomore year, you kind of get more into the the freedom of being a dance major. So you're focused more on the creative aspect, the choreography part of it, not so much just dance. So you have a lot of times to create your work and you have time alone in the studio with small groups that you work with in the studio to create your work and to figure out who you are as a choreographer and who you are as a person, too. 
So how do you go about creating? Like, what's your, what's your creative process, and has it evolved over the years of creating a dance? Like, break it down for us, because a lot of times I see, I watch the Super Bowl, I watch online, <laughs> maybe see YouTube, and I, I see dancing in a variety of different forms. And you see dancing in the club, which is not the same, but you see the dancing in such a variety of different formats. But I never look at, dang, who's actually creating this stuff? And um, so, how do you go about, or how how have you evolved? In creating pieces, is it like usually like a day, a day format? You can create dances like in an hour, or is it like a year? Like, how long does it t- typically take? I know it varies, but walk us through some of that. Yeah, I was gonna say it definitely varies. It specifically, um, well, really, it depends on the style of dance that you're doing, that you're choreographing, the venue or the event that you're choreographing for. Because a lot of times, people will tell you like. If you're doing a dance at this event for me, this is the feel I want you to go for. This is the song I want you to dance to. So anytime you're doing like liturgical or lyrical dance, that's really, I don't want to say it's not as hard. It's not as hard for me to choreograph to those because you really are basing it off of the meaning behind those words. So finding movement to mimic that is, it comes naturally because that's what we do, you know, in social dance. Like, you have different songs. They'll tell you what to do. And that's what you do when you're dancing. So that's kind of how I feel about liturgical and lyrical dancing. Um, Hip hop dance or modern dance. A lot of those really take more time or more of a, a idea and thought, especially modern dance. A lot of my pieces tend to be very personal. So it might be something that I've developed over a over a year or over a few months, just thoughts that I've had and how to actually portray that. Um, What I used to do, I used to write poetry a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I would write these poems. And even though sometimes I feel like they were really, really personal, and I don't really like for people to know all of my business, I decided to figure out how to take my poem and make my body be my poem Mm -hmm. when I dance. So I would spend time trying to figure out how this certain sentence makes me feel and how I can move to get the audience to understand that this is how I'm feeling. Not necessarily knowing what I'm saying, but grasp a concept of that feeling. So dancing is, is really personal. It, yeah, it, it can be. It can be depending on who's dancing and depending on you know what they're really trying to go for. For me, I always feel an a personal and emotional connection when it comes to dance, just because it is my freedom of expression. That's how I express myself. So where a lot of people will sit down and talk to you all day long about everything that's going on with them. I'm like, mm, I, I'd rather like spare you the details and just dance and maybe you'll understand a little bit. Ah, got you. So next time I, I can't have no deep conversations with you. I just got to pull up and just like start, start dancing. And that's, that's it. Like anything else you go, like, all right, please do not pull up and start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Okay. Now I get it now. It, it makes sense. Thank you for uh, explaining that. <laughs> um, I have, I still got a, a few, a few questions in this space. Break us down or not, not break down, but. Everybody that's listening into this call in some field, whether it's business, whether it is art, whether it is speaking, writing, et cetera, et cetera, they're working on their craft or they should be working on their craft in order to create more income, change more lives, all that good stuff to what people do when they maximize their craft. And it seems that you've had a couple decades in the game. Like, break us down. How do you actually 
methodically work on improving your craft and dancing? Is this something that you can you can write down different improvement points? Like, how do you scale dancing and seeing what parts you need to improve on? Is it like a credit column, or how do you, how do you do that? Because I've always wondered. You um you really have to continuously find your love for it or remind yourself of why you love what you do. And you have to be willing to change because times change. And even though there's certain choreographers who have always stuck with what they do over a period of time, they're still impacted by things that happen in society, things that happen in your everyday life. And you have to be honest about those things in order to continue to grow. So um, there's a different, and there's in dance and any, anything that you do in life, there's a difference between being comfortable and complacent and being true to yourself. So sometimes I feel like, especially with dance, people get that kind of mixed up. Being true to myself is, for me and my choreography, is holding on to the African aesthetic and movement and making sure that lives on no matter what realm I'm dancing in. Mm-hmm. But being complacent is, okay, look, I got these five moves that I always do. I'm going to always do them. And it's going to be the same way every time I might change the song, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So you all, you have to be willing to, to, to be different and to continuously grow, not just say, well, I've been doing it for this long, so I'll be all right. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Mm. So even when like you had success, people are like, oh, that's that's phenomenal. You're doing that like you still still trying to trying to grow. Yeah, you got to never. I, I never want to get to a point in in my life in general to where I'm just OK with just being where I am. Always be better. You can always do more. You can always impact someone else's life by doing something a different way. So how can I reach everyone else? I reached a certain audience. Okay, I want to get y'all over there. Yeah, the ones of y'all who didn't understand it. I'm coming for y'all next. Mm. I never thought about it like that as far as I've heard that before, but not in that sequence of continuing to evolve or or seeing weaknesses. It's it's, it's more so as like you have this craft. In order to get growing that craft, you can have a lot of motivational indicators, et cetera, but you always got to keep tapping in and checking in on why you're doing it for and, and 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 sometimes refreshing that because I think sometimes we jump into things and the reason why we can't really resonate change is by the time like by the time we really are unmotivated, we try to draw on what we initially said, okay, this is what I want to do it for, and that's change. And sometimes we don't really check in our say check in with ourselves and look at, yo, why am I really doing this? Because even I can speak of my own career. I thought about when I first got into speaking, going into now, after I've had years in the game in different schools. And I was like, dang, when's the last time I really checked in and seeing is that is that is it still current of why I do it? Because sometimes it does change. Yeah, it I mean. Yeah, it's it really does change. And you just have to be. You have to be open, you know, like it's I think a lot of times it's easy to. Be closed minded and not realize that you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of a lot of times people are 
closed-minded, but they don't see it as being closed-minded because they're like, no, I'm not. I, I accept this and I like this and I like, yeah, but you, there's a, you got to be open to change and into developing because we're not, I mean, I'm not a finished product. Are you a finished product, Greg? I, I'm still I, I a, hope I'm not. Still <laughs> a of made. Exactly. Uh-huh. So that's how I like to look at everything that I do. I'm still in the process of being great. I might be great to myself right now, but I could be greater. Mm, I love that. So where, and I guess to take a complete step backwards though, where did this love for dance originate? And this is kind of goes back to the orange storage, you kind of like growing up and stuff like that before DSA, before you've been on the road dancing and open it up for a variety of different artists and then all this good stuff. Like where did the original love for dance originate? Was it like one year old? You heard a song, you just started like <laughs> just doing uh thriller or something like that. Like where, where, where did it all come from? Well, if you let my grandmothers tell it, I was in the car with them. They said I was probably about six or seven months old in my car seat and some music was on the radio and I was just back there just dancing, just going. And as as long as I can remember, as far back as I can remember, I've always had a love for music. Mm -hmm. But I've always loved what I could do to music as well. So I've always just been dancing, even if it's something as simple as tapping your foot or nodding your head, like all of that is dance. But the time that I can remember, I actually fell in love with dance was watching Michael Jackson on the HBO special, his um, concert in Bucharest. Mm. I had it on VHS and I would watch it all the time. Like everybody would be like, let's go outside and play. No, I'm good. I'm watching Michael Jackson, learning the choreography. I'm, I'm going to stay right here. That used to be how they would punish me. Like I would get in trouble. They would threaten to burn my tape or take my tape away. I would cry. I'm sorry. Please don't take my tape away. But that was, I fell in love watching that man perform, being on stage, seeing how the crowd acted. Like it was just awesome. I was like, I want that one day. And I got my opportunity when I was in going to my seventh grade year. I went to summer camp at Walltown and I haven't stopped dancing since man that's that's deep that's deep that's deep and when you look at it from that perspective one as i know this last take 10 15 years just in dance particular not from the business aspect but just the industry and it all two questions come to mind one for our listeners and our audience what is typically a dance that that, um because every career has a a a, a, a pseudo track like a track of okay i'm a financial analyst i'm a senior financial then i'm a management analyst then i'm a a, a vp all this other stuff and in dancing I, there there are people that that blow up in certain ways maybe on youtube or viral stuff but what what different arenas can dances for for dancers go through and then what arena do you see yourself going through right now as far as um the the, the way Well, I feel like dance is that one, (laughs) it's that one occupation where there, it really is no track. Like, I don't feel like there is. There, there there's certain tracks that they want us to believe are there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but (laughs) aren't necessarily there. Like, okay, so what you're, when you decide you want to major in dance, Mm -hmm. they tell you from the jump, like, these are your options. These are the things that you can do. You can 
get your degree in dance and choreography and then you can join the company or you can get your degree in dance and choreography, go back to school and get your teaching certificate and then you can teach in the school system. Or you can get your degree or not get your degree and move to New York or move to L.A. or move to Atlanta and just dance your life away and become a choreographer or just become a background dancer, be on stage with everybody and anybody. Like, that's really about that's about all they really tell us we can do. Man, and that's and this is from like one of the better universities in, in, in dance. So when you took knowing that that was going to be the route, how did you how did you how did you tackle that mentally as a, I guess, especially like after leaving college, knowing that there is no role like that. Is, that, that is the uh, that's why I always have respect for people in the creative space, regardless of age, because there there is no blueprint. There is no because, I mean, most jobs, for the most part, you've seen it. You stay there yes. two years as long as you're showing up. You gonna continue. You should continue to rise. You have to do a lot to get fired, but this you gotta do a lot just to have a job. Yes, yes. I mean, when you see that or when you hear the horror stories of it, it's just like, okay, is this really what I want to be doing? But I love it so much. I was like, you know what? Well, I'm gonna just dance, and I'm gonna see where that takes me because it's what I want to do. That's that's what I really, really want to do. So I originally was like, I'm going to graduate school. I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to join a company. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. That was just what I wanted to do. And I did that. I mean, I auditioned for um, different companies and got some callbacks, didn't get some callbacks. But ultimately, I made a decision to not dance for some of those companies and I was just doing my own thing. I was teaching for a while. And then when I moved back to um to Durham, I was really teaching, doing a lot of that, doing master classes and stuff like that. But it's there's there's really no track for it. You can do you can really do anything. I've got some friends who I graduated with who are dancing in companies. I have some who are dancing behind Beyonce. I have some who are teaching at a high school. I have some who are overseas dancing just because. And then I have some who are stay-at-home moms teaching yoga when they feel like it. Mm. It's really up. <laughs> you have your your future in your own hands. And you can take it however far you want to or keep it however close you want to. <laughs> nah, that's a, that's a good metaphor. And we talk about dancing. Like, what is it? What what toll does it take in your body? Like, as far as as you get older and age, like, can people dance forever? Because it seems like, man, I be seeing people dance. I'm like, I don't know how they continue the movement for this sustained period of time without like just huffing, puffing, yeah. and being like gassed <laughs> out. Like, can they? Can you last for a long time in the dancing industry? Or yeah, you can. I mean. At VCU, um, one of my ballet teachers, mm-hmm. her name was Miss Massey, and I used to love impersonating her all the time. I dressed up as her for Halloween one year. We used to dress up as our teachers. But Miss Massey was in her 80s and was still teaching us ballet. Good God. Yes. Now, she couldn't do everything you know, <laughs> as like to her full extent or as high as we could, but she knew the mechanics behind it. 
and she would still be in there doing some of it. She would do the warm up with us and then she would like probably sit down and get her her little yardstick, her cane and tell us what to do next and showing us different directions. But if you if you keep at it and a lot of older dancers say all the time, you have to be honest about your body and your the changes that your body goes through. You may not be able to be in your prima ballerina state anymore, but that doesn't mean you're foreign to this movement or that it's foreign to your body. So you still know the feeling that it gives you and you can still do that to a certain extent without injuring yourself. But you can, I mean, the piece that I'm in that I'll be performing in again tonight, the oldest dancer in it is in her 70s. Wow. And she's moving like you. It does take a toll on your body. You see people on stage and that's another beauty of being a dancer. You're not only a dancer, you're also an actress or actor because it may look effortless on stage. But, oh, we hurt. (laughs) We get off stage and be in the corner like, oh, my goodness, I need a massage. Somebody got a, a tennis ball so I can get this knot out the side of my back. Like it's a lot on your bodies. But. When it's what you love to do, you know how to you know how to cope with it. You know how to stretch properly to make sure that you aren't going to injure yourself the next time you go on stage. So, mm. yeah, it's a lot though. It's and, a lot. <laughs> and what is and what is life like in a company for dancers? Like what in a dance company are do it, so you're in the dance company and they get like assigned to do different gigs. You go out with the company doing gigs. Like when people say they're working for a company or they're in a dance company, what does that truly mean? It depends on the company, but mm-hmm. most companies, most dance companies are nonprofit dance companies, mm-hmm. meaning if you're a member of that company, you do almost everything. That means when y'all have to go to certain venues, you might be the tech assistant. You might be the stage director. You might be helping with lighting. You might oh, be wow. teaching all the master classes that go on at the schools in the area to get more people to come out. You have to do interviews. You might have to do um, the talks and stuff that they do before shows and after shows. And then you dance. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like a dance community. And is it like, do you get paid by weekly or you get paid by gigs or? That depends as well. Sometimes with most companies, they get paid per show or per gig. Um, Some companies that are larger can pay for rehearsals. Um, Anytime they rehearse, some companies don't. And so you have these people who are members of company who also have to companies who also have to hold what we like to call real time jobs as well. Like, yeah. So Mm. I teach here during the day and then I go to rehearsals and I perform whenever we have performances or, yeah, I work from here and then I do this there. Yeah. So a lot of them are holding down multiple jobs or wearing multiple hats. It's not just, I'm just in a dance company. That's all I hear you. <laughs> ah, God, man, that's, it's, it's a, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. Uh, as before we kind of mini transition to the life, life portion and life and dance is going to be intertwined, but, um, I did have one more question in the, in the dance space. What is it like or not? What is it like? That's, that's not the way to prose it or nah. Saying, and I'm gonna do this in every, at every, at every juncture, but knowing what you know now, um, what would you tell yourself, tell yourself the same version of yourself, um, grad, when you graduate from college, knowing what you know now, what you've seen in the industry, what not, what advice would you give yourself, but what are some few things you would tell yourself? Don't, 
Don't dim your light to let someone else's shine. Everybody can shine together, but I I would definitely make sure I told my my recently graduated self that just to continue to be myself and to remember why I loved what I did. And 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 if I may, if I may ask what experience or what experiences lead to that 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 one piece of advice? Um, I feel like I would be in a different a different place with dance had I really stuck with it more after I graduated. I was more so focused on my personal life and you know trying to develop or maintain my relationship at that point in time that I turned down some companies and I always, you know, I never regret anything because every decision that you make in life makes you the person who you are today. And I'm very appreciative for that. But I always do have that moment of where I wonder if I wouldn't have turned down this company, where would I have, where would I be right now? What would I be doing or where would that have led me to? Mm. So, um, and I will also just tell myself to make sure I take advantage of, well, not every opportunity, because every opportunity isn't a good opportunity. <laughs> As we've seen by, by the festival. Yes, but I would, you know, make sure I took more took more risks, I guess, and been more open-minded to what I would actually participate in. So you're saying like when you graduated, you weren't as open minded on certain certain events or you just had kind of like a one track mind on certain things. I had a one track mind. My number one thing when I graduated was I'm not moving back to Durham. Like I can't move back to Durham. I don't feel like there's anything there for me. So I was trying to do anything and everything I could to not have to come back. And then I ended up back. Ain't that funny? (laughs) (laughs) But I was just, I was really focused on, I'm going to dance for a company like in D.C. or in New York or somewhere where I can move and not have to come back home. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really open to everything that could have possibly, well, everything that was offered to me or everything that I could have possibly done. Mm. So that's a, that's a perfect segue because now we're in Durham. You've been in Durham over the last half decade, five years. Uh, uh four. Yeah, it, it yeah, seems. It seem, yeah, it seems like five, six. It seems like a yeah, while. Yeah, I moved back in two thousand fourteen. Got you. So now you you've been back, and I know there's a period like you said you still you are balancing working the as you as you call it the RTJs, the real time jobs, yeah. and <laughs> doing a slew of other things like a slew of other teaching classes working classes doing workshops here whatnot so before before we get to your 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 most prized possession that that, they came on this earth like how how was it knowing that you had a love for dance but you still you were you were doing the job working the job but still doing so much just to like just to just to continue that love, like, cause I mean, some of us, we, with our love, I mean, I love back, now I enjoy basketball, but I don't really got to work for it, but you have to put in so much just to work for it. So walk us through that period, the first couple of years coming back in Durham and some of the lessons you learned and, and, and some of the, some of the things that you saw. It was, it's really hard. <laughs> um, 
holding down a, a real time job because mm-hmm. um, I was I was working at the bank. So even though I enjoy, I they call me a people person. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm a person <laughs> that gets along with people. Uh-huh. But um, so working at the bank wasn't a bad thing. It was just a lot because you're there for a certain set of hours. I was there from 8.30 to 5.30. And they won't know, like, it, it, the bank, it ain't like you cutting out early, you doing this, like, nah. nah no, none of that, because then everybody would want to be mad at us because they couldn't get their money. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I was there from 8.30 to 5.30, Monday through Friday. And after I got out of that, then it was like, okay, on these days, I'll teach dance classes. On these days, I'll, you know, be at church. And then on these days, I'll just be at home with my child and that's kind of how I'm gonna I'm just gonna rock like that now that sounds kind of easy but no so the bank closes at 5 30 hopefully I can get out at 5 30 because my class starts at 6 15 and it's halfway across town so I gotta rush over here to do it and then I gotta rush home because oh my gosh I gotta feed my child and get him in bed before he has to go to daycare in the morning and the next thing I know is the next day So it was just a lot and it was hard because I felt like what I really wanted to be doing, which was dancing and teaching and choreographing, I couldn't because I had an obligation to be an adult. And and so it was, that was a hard, like that was a little rough period for me, just like going back and forth. But I kind of got into a pretty good swing of it and I have a, a amazing support system when it comes to my son. So I was able to still know that he was taken care of while I was teaching my classes that would go from 6.30 to 9.30 at night. And then I'm getting home. He's, I'm like, okay, well, he's already in the bed. Good. You know, it, it was a rough little patch, but you make it, you make it work when you have to make it work. I love that. And with that being said, I know our listeners, uh, primarily listeners, are are, are are women, and there may be some single mothers out there, and not the, not yeah, there may be some single mothers out there, and 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 and, and mothers in general that are working the full time corporate gig, but they still have passions and 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 interests and loves outside of it. And you, what what you've been able to master, and I've I've, I've seen every church, I've seen in the eyes, like being able to just <laughs> exert. A, a, a mind-numbing amount of energy, not only into your regular job, but also to in another job and another human. Like, what advi- what kind of advice would you would you give to those that are that are struggling with that? If if you are really passionate about your craft or what it is that you you do or that you want to do, that's the best way to actually inspire your child. I've got to a point where I felt like in order for me to successfully raise Maxwell, I had to just hold down this real time job and put dance on the back burner until he was older. But Maxwell gets so much like he is so much joy from watching me do what I love to do. So I. I spend time with him. He sees me in the studio. We're dancing. We're having a good time. He likes seeing that. I enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. 
So when I, well, actually, story. I choreographed a piece for me to do at my my aunt's conference. And Maxwell was in the audience while I was dancing. And someone recorded a video of me dancing. But in the video, you see Maxwell like standing up on someone's lap, mimicking what I was doing. And I remember walking off that stage and he was saying, good job, mommy. You did great. You did great. And I felt like that was probably one of my highlights of my parenting. Not because, oh, you know, I taught him his ABCs or he learned. No, he saw me doing what. I love to do. And he wasn't competing with it. Like he didn't feel like it was something that he didn't have love for me because I was doing what I love, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the best things we could teach our children is to be passionate about something. And it's okay to go for your dreams, no matter how old, how young you are, no matter if you have one, two, three children or none at all, but just, don't be afraid to be passionate about something and go for it. Mm. That's a gem right there. I, I can see because, I mean, of course, you look through real people's lives and then stuff you see on TV or in movies, right, where you may have a, a wealthy investment banker or somebody that's doing something, which is the career I guess they enjoy. But then their home is in disarray because they come home. And they're miserable. They're not in this. They're not. They're just not in it. And the best they can give their kids is the scraps of their energy. And then also, too, battling with this is not something they would like to do. And people, the kids are, are, are you know, they feed off the energy, right? But yeah. when they see, if they if they see mommy out there really excited, really involved, that's going to keep that energy. Because Max just has a certain type of energy that a lot of kids just don't have. And I know a, par- a part of that is attributed to, of course, your community and support system around him. But I would say from the outside looking in, a part of that is driven from just your passion and make you, you make because i think max you bubbly but you you got like that tired bubbly <laughs> max just got a whole like just uh that unkempt bubbly and i guess it's because yo he knows that like that that energy that you're putting that you have been putting over the last decade or a decade plus to not only just making sure he good but also to your craft has really emanated from him. And I, and I guess probably if you were just to do the, the, the real time job and just try to advance on that, I, I'm who's to, who's to say you had that same type of spirit. Yeah. Or you had that same type of spirit being with him. <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I can't say. I, yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, though, there, there probably was some challenges at first, though, being, okay, you, you're out of college. You have, you, you just dance, dance. I got this real time job. And then it's like, whoa, I got a baby now. Like when that did that cross your mind when and not to get too personal, but when it's like when you realize that you were pregnant, like, whoa, did you did you kind of second guess the whole dancing thing? And then when he first came, like, how how was that? How was that play? So it was I was it was really like a, a roller coaster for me. At first, I was just like, whoa, I'm about to be somebody's mom. All right. okay, I could do this. Cool. Then probably around like the second trimester, I was like, yo, who who did I think I was? Like, why did I really think that this is going to be okay? Like, my life is about to be over. Like, I ain't about to be able to do nothing. But then when I when we met for the first time, me and Maxwell met for the first time, 
I just felt like anything was possible. So I really, I knew it was going to be difficult because it's, being in the entertainment industry is difficult because a lot of times, you know, our our jobs are here and there, here and there. They're not always going to be in the same spot. And that was that was my biggest fear. And sometimes it's still something that I I don't want to say I struggle with, but I do take into consideration a lot. It's it's difficult being uh, on the go mom. And not being able to bring him with me all the time. Cause I, I'll I'll told him with me. All right, come on, let's go, let's go. Boom. But everywhere you go, they don't always have someone designated to watch your child while you're on stage performing. Or they're not always the best venues for you to bring your child. <laughs> um, so it's just one of those moments where I'm really thankful for technology because I will FaceTime him and we'll talk and he'll say, you have a show? I'm like, yeah, I had a show. It was a great show. Good. You look pretty, mommy. Oh, thank you, baby. All right. It's time for you to go to bed now. Okay. We'll go to sleep. Okay, great. You know, it's those little moments of being able to FaceTime him or even talk to him on the phone are good when I'm away and when I'm out and about moving around and stuff. But it's, it's it's a struggle or it's it's hard at times because you want to you want to be there mm-hmm. you want to be present but what i'm learning is sometimes you can be present you can be there and not actually be there so to just make those moments where we are with each other count yeah you said it you said it right there and and before we do move on to to motivate, I did have one final question um, in this in this in this live journey space because I know you you mentioned it on on Facebook and I've seen it uh, I've seen you you talk about it and I know it's probably as at one point it was a struggle but so after Maxwell of course at the Max you know you got that 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 weight right you got the baby weight. Yeah. And you still, then it's like, hold up, I'm still dancing. I'm like, I know, you know what it was before dancing. And now you got, you got Max now. And it's like, sometimes everybody doesn't react the same way. Right. So, um, can, right. You, can and you don't have to get too deep on it, but. Yeah. Being, um, being a dancer, being a professional dancer, a lot of times we are expected to look a certain way. A lot of times how you look can get you a job or it can keep you from getting a job. That's a harsh reality of being in the entertainment industry, in the entertainment field. We know that going into it. We know that when we're in it. Um, You get all these images every day, every other day of these amazing, amazingly, like beautifully women, like having their pre-pregnancy body. Back in like two weeks. That's not the case for everybody. So um, I had to have an emergency C-section with Maxwell. And that's a major surgery. That's that's number one. That's a major surgery. So having, you know, all of your stuff on tables and jars and stuff and then put back in your body, you got to get reacquainted with all of that. Sometimes it's easier for some people, and then sometimes it's not that easy. For me, what I I tell Maxwell, he gave me some extra loving. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> um, so I I did not get back to my pre-pregnancy size, pre-pregnancy weight. 
And that's a that was and is a struggle because I know what my body used to look like and I want it to look like that. But I'm learning to to accept the fact that I created a human. Mm-hmm. That's that is a superpower. <laughs> yeah, and I that superpower I did not want a, a whole child who would not be here if it was not for me. So I I'm okay. I'll be okay knowing that I have all of this because I brought this beautiful soul into the world. And if certain people at auditions or certain artists can't, you know, they'll respect me, but they are just not the look that they're going for because of that. That's their loss. That's how I'm starting to look at it now. Like there's so many women who beat themselves up about not being super tiny or not having a flat stomach or not looking like this person, that person, this person. We're always told how we're supposed to look or what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to act. And that that's just not, that's not real. So I'm accepting my reality. And my reality is I'm not going to be the Kim that I was before I had Maxwell. I, that's just, that's not, who I'm going to be anymore. I'm going to be the Kim who I am today, who has a child and is embracing herself and loving herself. Mm. And if you love it, you love it. If you don't, all right. Yeah. It's on you. <laughs> it's it's hard because I you know, you know what you used to be like, or you know what, what and it ain't like you passed the hill. You still young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least for another year or so. Oh, but you, you said 30, you're not old. Shut no, Don't start that. Don't open that door. <laughs> you, you don't open that door at least for years or so. But it could be, it could be, but the thing is, that is true. It could be, oh, young adults. Now you're an adult. You're a No, you're, you're an adult. <laughs> After 30, like, I think they change at like 35 or 40 or something now. They start sending you like pre AARP packets. <sighs> like, what? That's crazy. Man, that's 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 sick. That's sickening to think about. Uh, But with all that said, I think it's something that's really, really deep. And I think a lot of us can relate to. But probably and I'm I'm not going to tell I'm not going to say what women can relate to. That'd be a very chauvinistic (laughs) scene to say. But I mean, but what you can say, though, is even though it may be overt, more overt in the entertainment industry, I know there is women and men out there, but probably more women that have to deal with in the workforce and in jobs, be seeing maybe fair skinned counterparts get more more promotion or more preferential treatment or and just sometimes because I've talked to them and it's just like, yo, or or the way they look may play a play a role in and maybe getting advancement or how people treat it. And I think a lot of times it's more so the some people and even men are 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 in their own head. More than in it, more than more than it, that actually is a reality. And then you have on the flip side, people that own who they are and they're not trying to be a certain thing or always be like it's just they own it and they, you just move differently. You could be the same person. Yeah. But if your mindset is like, all right, man, dang, I, I, I'm trying to fit in this. I'm just no, no, I'm gonna own this drift. I don't care. It is what it is. Um, and we're gonna do a phenomenal job of dancing. Like I have this thing. If you if you put me on this stage, I'm gonna do the same job, if not better than X, Y, and Z. Like I'm, I'm yep. the, the dancer part ain't changed about me. 
Maybe the, the like there's some certain things that change, but the dancing, I'm just getting better and better and better. And I think yeah. if we more have that mentality, and this could be on any situation as far as negotiation, sales, any career, just look at our mindset and looking like, okay, why? And, and I guess get down to the core of it because there's some core stuff to it. Like, why do I feel this way? Not just from the look. Like, what did that look make me feel? Like, what, what did I used to get from having that look? Okay, was that stuff good for me? Or it's just like, I, I don't know, because I think there's some deeper... There's some deeper question to be asked when we when we look at the, some of the weaknesses specifically on a on a physical or visceral thing. Even myself is like, yo, the six pack was an easy thing. We don't got it. We we ain't that far away. But but I have to live with the fact that what if it never comes back? <laughs> like what if what if like or or is it certain things because we all will age. Yeah. Like and that's a whole deeper conversation as far as because I've been doing a real a, a study a biblical study on. Um, on aging because a lot of stuff when we see in mates, we look at uh, uh, attractiveness and all these other qualities and some of the qualities we're looking for are not going to last the, the test of time anyways. But that's, that's on a whole different, whole different, uh, a whole yeah. different podcast right there. <laughs> I was about to say, you, you stirring a whole different pot, sir. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we don't have enough time in the day to discuss that. <laughs> but, uh, before, before I let you go, I, I, we, we were missed not to talk about. So what spurred you? When you first to 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 leave the 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 RTJ specifically in the banking industry and to start motivate you, which is your 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 baby right now, nonprofit dance company does variety of services. I'm gonna let you brag on it and, and tell what y'all do, but kind of break us through what gave you the courage to make that transition and tell us how you started motivate. So I um I have a best friend. Her name is Raven Gibbs. And me and her, we call each other twins. Like, that's my wonder twin. We are so similar in so many different ways that it's crazy. And something that I had on, well, I had in my notebook, um, I keep a notebook. She had on her vision board. We wanted to start a business. Something as simple as just write and start a business. That's what I wrote down I wanted to do. And I wanted to have my business be based on, you know, the arts and dance and really making sure People know that you can do this and be successful. And so me and her were talking about it one day and we were like, you know what? It's time. Like, let's just do it. Let's just go for it and see see what happens. And so we were just sitting there like, all right, we're going to we're just going to do this thing. I was like, I'm serious, though. Like, this is really happening right now. And we started talking about Motivate. And in November, we made Motivate Incorporated. A real thing, not just something that was on her vision board or in my notebook. It became our our baby, and I am super happy to be a mom again. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> but we felt like there was it was just a need for it, especially in in the triangle in this community. There are a lot of talented dancers and choreographers, musicians singers, rappers, visual artists in this area. And I'm still trying to figure out why don't people know about us? Like there's so many here. And part of the reason why people don't know is because in the entertainment industry, a lot of times you are, you're told or you're made to believe that there are only a few places where you can actually be and prosper. Um, a few of those places, L.A., New York, Atlanta. 
that's where the majority of North Carolina dancers and choreographers have gone and have become your people who were dancing next to Beyonce or people who were doing master classes and teaching at BDC in New York and teaching at Millennium in LA. Like they're doing great, but they came from North Carolina. So why can't North Carolina be the next Mecca for, for the entertainment, like for entertainment or for the arts? We have the talent. It's not like we're lacking in that. Sometimes we just don't have the resources and sometimes we don't have the education behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's why Motivate is so special because, well, I'll give you a little spiel. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> Motivate Incorporated. We are a nonprofit organization and we're dedicated to inspiring artistic expression, cultivating positive behaviors and preserving the arts in disadvantaged areas. So in the school system, I'll start there. In the school system, if you notice, they are starting to take away the arts. I don't think there are many middle schools in Durham alone that still offer dance as an elective. I know they do in high schools. In elementary schools, no. In elementary, I think they do still have music class, but I believe in some schools it is optional. And so I I have an issue with that. I'm not against STEM and I'm not against athletics or anything like that. But when you take away dance, music, chorus, band, when you take away classes like this, you're limiting some of your student population to how they express themselves because everyone isn't going to be your athlete. Everybody's not going to be your mathematician, your scientist, your engineer. No, you have some of us who are dancers who are actors and actresses who use the arts as our way of being ourselves. And so when you limit that, that's when they start to get into everything else that we don't need them to be getting into. That's when you have more violence, when you deal with more bullying and peer pressure. That's when you deal with, you know, people being places where they shouldn't necessarily be. That's when we deal with stuff like that. So let's stop that. Or let's at least, you know, decrease those numbers some and give these children back what what they need or what they deserve, which is a way to a way in a safe environment to be themselves and be true to themselves. Mm. So with Motivate, we um, and I always stress we are focused on preserving the arts, not just dance. Granted, me and Raven are both dancers, but we also like delve into different in other realms when it comes to entertainment. So it, it's for all arts, inclusive. But we really just want to make sure people have a safe space, make sure they have the resources to know that this can still be your dream. You don't have to change your dream just because they're not offering it to you in your school system. Or you don't have to change your dream just because you're 27 29 years old and everyone's telling you to give up on it. You don't have to. There's ways you can still make it happen and you can still impact others. Mm, Love that. So what type of, so do y'all have events that are quarterly events weekly? Like what is, cause I know it's only been out out since November, right? but currently what, currently what are the, your main cycle of events and workshops? Like what's the current flow and structure? I know it's growing, but currently what is it? (laughs) So um, quarterly, we do uh, We Motivate You, which is our children's workshops. So we hold free workshops to children in different communities, um, sometimes even different places around North Carolina. 
and they come out, learn choreography, and just have a great time. Like, we'll give them snacks and, you know, Gatorades, waters, and stuff like that. But it's really for them to come out, learn some dance steps, and to enjoy themselves. So we have that. Um, we have our Love Me More movement, which is for women. Because, like I said earlier, you know, society pushes these, these, I guess, norms that women are supposed to (laughs) we're supposed to look a certain way we're supposed to be a certain way act a certain way talk a certain way think a certain way and no we're not for that so we have our love me more series and it's for women they come out they we teach them dances sometimes we're actually working on the full structure of it because we want to change it up. Maybe you're not always learning just how to dance or maybe we're doing a, you know, a wine and design class. Maybe we're doing something different, but it's for women to have that one night every other month to just take time for themselves and their girlfriends, get them the babysitter and love themselves more. We're always rushing, doing everything for everybody else and doing stuff for our kids, our family, blah, 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 blah. You still got yourself to worry about, sis. So have your moment. Breathe. Enjoy yourself. Meet some new people. Network. And have a great time. So that's all we do. Love me more. And then our live showcase we are actually doing our very first one on sunday which i'm super excited about it's at dermart's council and this is where we actually show how all of the arts are inclusive um so it's a showcase creative showcase we have some choreographers who are going to be showing their work we have a lot of artists who are local to this area who will be singing or rapping um We have a few visual artists who will actually have some of their work displayed in the building where we will be. So that's what we're doing with live. And we want to make that an annual event. But the way it's been going lately or the way the talk about it has been going lately, it might have to be more than just one time a year. I'm only hesitant about that because it takes a lot to plan it. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely an awesome event. What we are currently working on is getting our Best Foot Forward um, series started. And that's preparing people who want to be in the entertainment field for their next adventure. So if you want to be an actress, there are a few things that you need to have before you go to a casting call. You need to have a headshot. You need to have a resume. You know, you need to have a bio if they're asking for those things. And some people don't know that. So we want to make sure they're educated and we have photographers who we can work with, who will make sure they have those headshots. We'll work with them on their resume building. If they need to get, um, if they need to get some film of their choreography, if they're dancers and they need to put their choreography on a reel, we can help with that as well. But best foot forward is really making sure that, any artist of any kind is equipped with the knowledge and tools they need before they step out to get a job in the actual industry. Mm, man, yeah. that's a, it's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot, but it's a lot of good stuff. And yeah. that's the good thing about a business specifically when you first start, but even just in general, when you have a lot of ideas, because what this time will allow you to see is what, what, what works, what doesn't work, what you want to focus on, what you want to enlarge. 
and what's, what's, what's driving profit, like what people resonate to. So it's good that you have a lot of these that are, that are, that are uniquely different. Yes. Because I think that's what makes it different if you have a lot of ideas in one space that you're uniquely different, which A, will allow you to kind of see what, what, where to, where to, and especially, I love to love me more, uh, that because, I mean, you know, I, last year we went on tour. We're going back on tour a little bit later this year, but I did a tour with Minority Trailblazers. That was dope, but I even, I would love me more. It just sounds like something that could, that, that, that is needed across the country. Um, yes. specifically if you're doing it in a creative way, which involves, um, some sort of dancing as well as, um, like create sessions, like real talk discussions with women and stuff like that. Like I can already see how, what that package looks like. That can even be a book, honestly, a loving more manual where, um, <laughs> seriously, you could like, and it doesn't have to be like a whole, a novel biography, but you can have, it's, it's, it's a lot that can, that can skim off that series. So yeah. I, I, I love that. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm encouraged. I'm excited about your excitement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. And it's, it's really, I think my excitement is more so just, I'm just glad I can actually give something back. I, I feel like when, whenever I'm able to give back, even if it's just the knowledge that I've obtained just from my time in the dance industry, I feel like it can still help somebody. And knowing that there are people out there who are interested in receiving that help just makes me feel better. It makes me feel like, you know, the arts aren't about to be gone. Like there's still some people out there who want to do more, who want to learn more, who want to make sure that they're stepping out and know what they're talking about and know what they're doing. Mm. So it's it's exciting to be able to give back. And then we're doing more like creating, well, getting funds and stuff for scholarships to be able to give to children. Like we just assisted two, um, two of my students or my former students. They are in L.A. now at the Debbie Allen Dance Academy. And we wow. assisted them in getting there. Because, I mean, it's expensive going out there. And we did a fundraiser, got money from a fundraiser, and was like, here, we want to make sure you guys are able to go off and go for this. Because that was an opportunity that we would have killed for had we gotten it, you know, when we were younger. So, of course, we want to make sure they get there. Raising money for, you know, our young black and brown dancers to actually get flesh tone tights and flesh tone shoes because what's nude in the dance world is not nude to my body because I'm I'm darker. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure they have the the things that they need but not feel like, you know, we want y'all to have what you need. We don't want you to feel like you have to accept this just because that's what's given to you. Mm. There's so much more. So it's it's really about making sure that everyone is equipped so that's yeah it's awesome i love it i really do hey 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 i love it if you like it i love it so (laughs) with that being said i got one one more question before we get to our rapid fire round and that is when it's all said and done and i had to get morbid real quick but when it's all said and done how would you like to be remembered i would like to be remembered as someone who is a loving person and loved to see people prosper and be happy in their craft and in their gift. It 
it really does me good and does my heart good when I see people living their best life, <laughs> doing what they love and being completely comfortable in their own skin. Mm. And before the coach change round, what what is that? What does that statement being to you the coach the comfortable in your own skin? Um, it really loving yourself, loving yourself more. <laughs> um, but so many times, and of course, I can only speak for myself as a woman. But so many times, I I get caught up in comparing myself to other dancers or to other people and how successful they are and how much they're doing. But I'm learning to look at myself and see where I've come. Like, wow, I came a long way. I've come from a lot of mess and I'm here to be able to talk to you about it today. I'm here to be able to show like what I have learned along my journey. And that within itself is enough for me to, to feel good about myself. I haven't come this far and obtained absolutely nothing. I've come this far with a story that can help inspire other people and that can help get other people to to realize that it ain't that bad. It's going to be okay. It's all right. So accepting yourself and being comfortable in your own skin, when you are, people can see that. And when people see that, that helps somebody else. Mm. Say no more. You said it. You said it. You said it. <laughs> so we have this rapid fire round where I ask five rapid fire questions. You give me your answers and be ready to go. Okay. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Never received? Always smile because you never know who's in the room with you. Ooh. Hmm. I like that. I like that. That's 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 new. That's novel. I like that. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a good one. <laughs> if if you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? Oh, add one habit. Jeez. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> take away one habit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. So I kind of want to take it away, but then I want to add it back. Overthinking. <laughs> uh-huh. Sometimes it's too much, but then sometimes I need it. <laughs> nah, that's real. <laughs> that's a hard question, Greg. I don't like that one. <laughs> so, but, but, so, so you would, all right. So if you had to take away that, what would you add though? Take away overthinking. What would I add? A habit I would add. Um, I would I think I could always be more positive. So yeah. Be yeah. more positive with myself. I'm all, I'm generally always positive with others mm-hmm. unless we're joking cuz I'll joke for days. But yeah, be more positive with myself mm-hmm. at first like at first moment, not being negative and saying, "Girl, stop tripping." Like I talk to myself a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do. I do as well. I do as well. I don't do mine out loud though, Greg. I Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you don't gotta put me out there like that. <laughs> what is your uh, What is your favorite book or movie, and why? Um. Okay, so my favorite movie is The Wiz, not The Wizard of Oz. The Wiz, <laughs> the one with Michael Jackson in it. Um. Yeah, that's just. I mean, that's a awesome movie. It's my favorite movie because of the dance moves. 
the music and the fact that that was the first time a lot of people saw in a movie a cast full of black people living their best life and killing it. Yeah. That's why that's my favorite movie. And my favorite book, I don't have a favorite book. I love books. I love to read. So, yeah, I don't have a favorite one. Oh, yeah. You had to get one. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> my second to last question, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear? I feel like that changes. Um, my biggest fear, as, and I'll say as of lately, this year, is that I'll get in my own way of being great. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. That's good. Not a good fear, but it's like, that's, that's, that resonates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. I love it. Uh, if you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? Host a big dance party. Mm. Mm. Music and dance bring people together. And that is, that's something that, you know, a lot of people always laugh when I say it, but a lot of times when there are these horrible events that happen, happen around the world, there's, there's a moment where if all of, all of the people who are in this place at one point in time, if you play some music, there's absolutely no way that somebody won't feel something. Like, you could play a simple song, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. I'm pretty sure people will feel something because music music is a hidden language that everyone can learn. If they're just, if they just accept it, really. Music and dance bring people together. And I would host a huge dance party play some great music and let people actually just live in the moment and love each other. Mm. And then that. the day after that, we'll get to all the series. <laughs> music <laughs> makes me lose control. And then the whole our world just, yeah. that would you be know, that, that the would white be. house going to have strobe lights and disco balls, everything. We gonna It's going to be a party. Uh, before we get that, Sister Palmer, we need to have a Durham. We need to we need to have a Durham dance off. First, let's have a Southside dance first. Not like a dance I'm dance, ready. but a dance off, like a little five minute. That I would be cool. And then let's I'm move ready. move let's to Durham. Yeah, I think that that <laughs> let, let's 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 make that move. I, that could we'll be a move it on up the ladder. <laughs> let's move it up. Let's move it up. Uh, so everybody that comes on this show, um, I call I call a culture change agent because they're culture change agent in their own right in the space that they're in. And this last question is the rapid fire rounds over is always deep and sincere to my heart. And it is, if you could change one thing about the African-American culture, what would it be and why? Um, I would, Oh, one thing, gosh, Greg. Okay. I would change how we communicate with each other. And I say that because, you know, a lot of times just yesterday online, I was looking at, I felt like I had to say something, but there's so many means of 
black women don't love black men. Black men don't love black women. They always going for white women, you know, and I, I feel like our communication within the African-American community is, is just lacking love, love for each other and acceptance of each other. Like there's so many people who are struggling with different things in the community and it gets pushed on a back burner or, you know, you get told to hide your feelings or you get told you have to act a certain way or be a certain way. And a lot of times that, that creates hatred. Like I, I don't want somebody to constantly tell me how to be. And so when someone who looks like you or someone who reminds me of you comes around, I'm going to treat them a different type of way, you know? And I, I think that if, if everything is just scaled back down to how we communicate with each other, a lot of stuff would be different. Mm. It's crazy that you, you say that uh, the last couple shows that um, I've, I've produced have had similar sentiments on uh, communication, grace, just general love and apathy for it, for, for each other. Like we want, yeah. We we and we should advocate for governments, the school system, the prison system, so many other people to do us right. Right. Um and I think there there is a large contention that is that they do love each other, but I think if we collectively just had more love, not just not just for our peer group and our churches and our schools and our alumni groups. I'm talking about for the people that for are at MacDougall and then MacDougall for the people that's us cuz I think I hate how People that are middle class or whatever we want to call ourselves, we 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 tend to say, oh, we have we need to have more love for the people that are 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 this and that. But it's it's vice versa as well. Um, yeah, and it's not like oh, the cast they this they this that and the third. It's like nah, like we we are a community, and if we can get that aspect back, um, then that's true. And I think you're doing a phenomenal job of connecting those dots because I think what Motivate is doing. Is not based upon class or gender or race or body type, et cetera. It's just solely based on talent and skill set and pushing people to the next level and trying to be a platform or, or, or no, the, becoming a platform so people can, um, can be that staircase. So like I said, from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of tribal, tri- uh, trailblazing nation heart, we just want to say thank you. And before we wrap up the show, can you share with us where we can, how we can support and motivate and where can we find all the information about current events and et cetera about, uh, what's going on? Yes, you can follow motivate on instagram and facebook it's at motivate inc and that's m-o-t-i-v the number eight i-n-c um or you can visit us at our website www.wemotivateyou.com and on there you've got everything so you've got our events tab you have information about us where you can find us next and even um our merchandise we got hats and shirts and wristbands to support the movement but yeah you can find us there say less well like i said minority trailblazing nation you already know make sure all that information will be in the show notes but as always we need two things before we go the first thing is make sure you share the episode and like the show and subscribe and leave a review that's a lot in one thing, but y'all already know I do it all the time. And then number two, number two, number two, make sure you change the freaking culture. Good night. <laughs>